Welcome to episode 74 of Vanex Van. I'm your host, Xanthia Vandalay, and I'm joined today by everybody's favorite face of the pre-feature silver screen, prolific interviewer and former radio DJ, Mr. Tanner Zipchen. How's it going, Tanner? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. You've always been one of my dream guests since I started the show back in 2018. Oh, amazing. I remember uh, watch, watching that pre-show uh, and um, saying to my partner, Talia, like, oh, I'd love to be able to interview Tanner one day. And um, here we are now. So This is it. So I'm glad it finally happened. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's fair to say most of our listeners would know you as the former host of the pre-feature entertainment at... Cineplex Theatres. Yeah. And how did that story begin? Yeah, it was uh, actually a, a contest. It was a, a casting call that they uh, ran across the country looking for a host of the show. And is it, people had to submit audition videos and meet, meet the criteria of the video to be eligible to uh, to win. And uh, yeah, the winner uh, won a year's worth of uh, scene points uh, for free movies and as well as the chance to be the host of the show for a year. So uh, I submitted a tape. I ended up winning the contest, and next thing you know, the year was coming to an end, and we weren't sure kind of what was next. And uh, eventually, I, I got the call that they were going to keep me on uh, past the year. So then it became uh, a gig. So it was like a contest to a to a career, and which is amazing. So then I stayed on for the next like four years after that. So it was uh, it was great. Uh, I, I take it they switched from scene points to a. Uh... An actual salary at some point yeah yeah after once the the, the what do you call it, the parameters of the the contest contract were were up then uh, yeah after that first year they had to find it you know another way of compensating me so it yeah it flipped over uh pretty quickly to actual uh actual currency that you can spend in more than one place so uh which was great and then yeah we ended up moving uh to toronto uh, where I, I live now, so it just made the travel easier. So, yeah, it's been uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to look back. It seems like just yesterday I was filming this audition video in an alleyway in in Saskatoon, and and now here we are in in Toronto. We just adopted a a dog. Uh, we we came dog fosters, so we got a rescue dog who's now permanently part of our household. And yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the journey. What's your what's your dog's name? His name is Ari. Yeah, Ari. Well, Ari Gold. Uh, the his full name is Ari Gold because he's like a yellow, like Dudley Lab. So you know, gold as a throw to it, the color of his fur, but also to one of the uh, best TV characters uh, played by Jeremy Piven. And he's kind of got the same attitude as Ari Gold on Entourage. He's kind of a you know, no BS. You know, knows how to manipulate, knows how to get his way. So it was a very, a very fitting name. Plus, he's super high energy and breaks things. So, <laughs> Did, does he have his own? pet cat named lloyd yeah I, I oh my gosh i thought that would be if he if we ever get a second dog that's a little more chill it's definitely going to be a lloyd for sure that would be we all we also did throw around the idea maybe a johnny drama because he is a bit of a, <laughs> very, a very dramatic at sometimes but uh we settled for uh you get the whole crew so. yeah we'll get the whole we'll do yeah we'll do e we'll have like mini chase we'll get a whole we'll, we'll i mean at that point we'll have to move to a bigger place but we'll we'll do it get yourself an actual turtle <laughs> yeah and then of course obviously yes an actual an actual turtle yes that'd be amazing i was thinking when you said ari that maybe it was a a reference to ari aster um which sort of leads me into my next question oh who was your favorite person you had the opportunity to interview 
Oh, wow. There has been so many over the years in different platforms and formats. I mean, like starting in radio, I, I started a, a segment on my show when Throwback Thursday was a thing on social media and it was just starting out. So I was able to call up a lot of people that I grew up with. So the whole point of that was just to find, you know, guests that had a little bit of nostalgia tied to them that the audience would have grown up with. So in, in that phase, I got to talk to so many awesome people like Bob Saget and you know, musicians like, you know, Melanie Brown from the Spice Girls and things like that. And then from there, I got into Comic-Cons, which I started hosting panels. And I, uh, well, still do. And eventually people will have a con again, I'm sure, when this is all done. And we'll be able to meet in person and shake hands again. But uh, that's got me on stage with people like, oh, uh, it's, you know, Star Wars guests like Carrie Fisher, which was incredible. And Peter Mayhew. Yeah, tons of uh, Carrie Elways uh, just recently in, in Edmonton, who was a lot of fun. And uh, even a couple of Avengers along the way, like Jeremy Renner and uh, Anthony Mackie, which was uh, awesome. And then, of course, uh, the big screen stuff, which then got me in a whole new platform, which, you know, then I got to, you know, thank people for inspiring me and, and kind of getting me into this world. Like, you know, Will Ferrell for, for you know, his his comedy and some other legends like, you know, Ron Howard as a director and uh, a lot of Jurassic Park cast members from Jeff Goldblum to Sam Neill, who I got to thank for the audition video because it was a real bad impression of Sam Neill that that really got me the gig to begin with. So that was cool. And then even continuing on now, like doing Instagram live interviews uh, to just to connect people with, you know, you know, people that are fans of just to take their minds off of things during quarantine. And I had Anthony Daniels uh, on with that. So C3PO, which was awesome. Uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, which is super fun to talk to. So there's been a lot of, I guess it depends on which category and, and and what what day or genre but there there's been there's been too many to really i don't know if i could i don't know if i could really pick a favorite it's that's a tough one well i'm, I'm really glad that my uh six degrees of kevin bacon has got a little bit shorter today yeah by talking i mean kevin, to you. speaking well i interviewed kevin bacon so you're uh you're like two two degrees man kevin Whoa. bacon and his brother it was years ago in Regina, Kevin Bacon and his brother, Michael Bacon, who are in a band called the Bacon Brothers, obviously. That's awesome. Uh, which, which I believe is a play on, I believe the Bacon Brothers were like outlaws in the Wild West era. So that's where that all came from, because they're like kind of like a folky type, you know, band. So they were they were playing and I got to interview both of them and then I emceed the show. So we got to hang out beforehand and it was it was awesome. So it was super cool. So yeah, you're literally like, yeah, two, two degrees of Kevin Bacon right now. Oh, that's awesome. Like speaking of, of Westerns and Kevin Bacon, I watched Tremors uh, last night showing my girlfriend for the first time. I just forgot how excellent that film is. Yeah. Did you see my Halloween costume from last year? No, no, I'm going to have to look yeah, that up. You might, might want to scroll, scroll down the Instagram feed for a bit. You will be uh, speaking of Kevin Bacon and speaking of Tremors. <laughs> You may. It was one of those things where you show up at a house party for Halloween and everyone's like, are you like a kid from Stranger Things? Are you a, a cowboy? And the people that got it, you know, we became better friends that day. And the people that didn't get it, I just deleted their phone number. <laughs> so it's, it's safe you really... to say you're a, you're a film buff. What began your love of film? Oh, man. As a kid, I just was, I don't know, I was just so captivated by it all and i think i think for me which has always been one of my favorites uh jurassic park going back to seeing that movie for the first time and and then having this like weird love of dinosaurs that i think everyone had as a as a kid but just for me it was like you know knowing you saw these dinosaurs on screen they looked real 
but you knew they weren't real because you read books about how they were extinct. And then as a kid, you're like trying to wrap your head around, but how did they get on the movie screen? And then you start learning about movie magic and how, you know, people like Stan Winston and his team built these dinosaurs and how they're like giant, like robotic creatures with like rubber skin. And so I just kind of started diving into like behind the scenes movie stuff and then, you know, movie making. And, and I love practical effects and I loved watching movies that had creatures and, makeups and things in it and then that got me to star wars and a bunch of cheesy horror movies and like tremors was a great one too the graboids that was all practical it was it was awesome and short circuit and seeing robots and i just was so captivated by it all and then my tastes developed and changed over over time uh but uh i mean not really i still i still like to go back and watch dragon hearts and small soldiers and all the garbage from my youth but uh i think it was really that i think it was just seeing things on screen that are so unbelievable you kind of can't help but ask, like, how did they do that? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, like, thinking about that, I had a pretty similar story myself in that um, my sister and I were watching the uh, cartoon Basil the Great Mouse Detective, and we were wondering right. how the well. actors fit in the costumes, and that's how we learned what animation was. Yeah, it's true. It's fun. It's, like, it's really fun doing, you know, interviewing any voice actors, especially you know, people that were on something like maybe like an Animaniacs or, a, you know, a Disney show or, you know, series. And you, they always have these stories of like meeting kids and meeting fans. And they're like, wait, you're what? You're the you're the mouse on that show. But you're like a grown man with a beard. Like, how does that make sense? You have this deep voice in real life, but you play this mouse. And it's like always cool when people, I think, learn that how, how it all works, because I think they have so much fun with the voices, too, because they're able to, uh, you know, kind of have some like animosity you know, or uh, some anonymity, I mean, uh, you know, in, in life, so they can kind of go around and uh, no one really knows who they are, but then they can break out the voice at like a drive, like a drive through or like on a, on a prank phone call or something like that. It definitely blew my mind when I found out that Megatron and Scooby-Doo were the same guy. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's so unbelievable. There's so many talented voice actors and their repertoire is huge. Like it just like uh, Frank Welker. Yeah, right there. Like, Megatron to Scooby-Doo like it's it's uh it's pretty unbelievable and I think voice actors too from my experiences don't get the credit they deserve I think there's you know voice acting I think people just think it's like you just go into a studio and just record your voice and it's it's no problem but you know a they're acting they have to live those situations but they're not in the scene like they're not in the setting they're not in the scene they don't have the props so they have to really you know put their head in that situation which is very challenging anytime any actor has to go in for ADR so uh, additional dialogue recording so if there's any you know a take on a set that the sound wasn't perfect they have to go back and they have to re-record the audio and a lot of actors will say it's kind of challenging because you have to put yourself back in that scene to make it match but voice actors just nail it and they can do not only that but they can do characters and they can also hold those voices like you like try talking like winnie the pooh for like 12 hours in a recording session like it is it's 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 a challenge and and they they deserve more credit yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. This shift of just putting big-name actors as the uh, animated features to put butts in seats, I think, has killed a little bit of the blockbuster yeah. animation. Like, I, I remember the first time really realizing that was when, um, I think originally Guardians of the Galaxy, Shelto Copley was leading to play Rocket Raccoon, but they wanted a bigger name. Uh, yeah on the on the poster and i think that would have been amazing like i think um brad cooper did a really good job but you know yeah, as you true. said you, you do see yeah you do see both like you sometimes you see like 
they are somewhat conscious of it because when it comes to like you know the secret life of pets they go with somebody like a, a kevin hart who's got more you know character and flavor in his in his voice but yeah sometimes you're right they just want to say you know there's a, this person's in it and sometimes it's a really small part which is funny like i know with the last angry birds movie there was a ton of people that had massive followings on you know social media and stuff that they just gave small roles to like like youtubers and instagrammers and even some actors and musicians that just got you know small parts in the film because then they knew that that would get them people watching and then those people would then share that movie on their profiles and that's and that's become a huge thing too like as far as casting i have friends that you know that are filmmakers that are always battling with producers over casting because like social media following popularity it's it's a it's a big factor now leading on from that uh what are your thoughts about the record-breaking digital debut of trolls world tour that's an interesting one i think it's you know we're starting to see uh a shift in, in the culture and or maybe identify a shift that's already happened. Cause I think, you know, there are really two schools of thought and there are people that, you know, do believe if I'm coming from a generation that film should be seen on a format on a big screen. And then there are a lot of people now that are this YouTube generation that they, they watch everything on a, on a phone screen. So they don't really see it as like a, a loss not having that you know plus home theaters and stuff have come a long way and you can get amazing sounds and you know sound and, and phones and things like that but it's interesting to see this the success of that on a platform which kind of i think like defies some of the the logic that people have applied uh before so whether or not you know that's that's a good you know sign of change maybe there people will take note of that and realize that if they, you know, cut out the middleman and just put the stuff direct to the people, there can be success there. Who knows? Or or maybe it was just situationally, like because of the situation we're in, it was as successful as it was. And I mean, I think they're they're really gonna know once everything gets back up and running and they do another one and we base those numbers to see how it performs. Having 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 the option of going to see it somewhere else, uh, you know, it's it's tough to say, but it is it's it's interesting to see. Like this could be a shift. I know we saw that with music. We saw people, you know, stop buying albums and stop caring about the the cover art and the package. And you know, we, we became a, gen, a generation of, of buying singles. People would download one song and then on to the next band. So, who knows? Maybe you know, we're, it's like that with film now. Maybe we're we're more like a fast food kind of uh, approach to film. I mean, speaking from my own perspective, I'm for it. Um, I really like seeing films while they're in their theatrical run yeah and i love the whole experience but i'm someone who gets distracted very easily by uh you know people around you maybe loud popcorn eaters or people talking phone screens kind of thing and being able to control that environment um for people like myself would be excellent and just a, a, True, yeah. a pro tip for the listener if you're trying to recreate movie theater popcorn you can buy a box of flavor which is the artificial butter-flavored salt they put on the popcorn at the cinema, and it makes it taste exactly the same. There you go, and for like a twentieth of the cost. I mean, yeah, if you really want to, you know, simulate the experience, you could just throw twenty dollars and flush it. Exactly. I mean, I think I paid seven bucks for this. It's like a pint of powdered flavor call. It's gonna last. I think I'm gonna be handing go. it down to my children. Honestly. Yeah, honestly. There you go. That is an investment. That's that and and shares in Zoom. If you got if you got on that before uh COVID hit, man. Oh yeah. That would be that's an investment. Very good, very good investment. 
but yeah, it's interesting to see. Like, I think, and I think even a lot of a lot of people I've been, you know, the conversations I've been a part of too. Genre is a big thing. Like when it comes to certain films, there are ones that you know people say are like theater worthy, like you know the big action, the Marvel movies, the Star Wars, and I think you know those are movies that I think people lean to a big format for. But yeah, I think it really depends on what it is and who it's for, and you know with with the demographic of, of the film too. Like, I mean, I think with Trolls, I think a lot of parents, you know, to not have to take their. I mean, I have friends that take their kids to movies, and it's it's challenging. I know some theaters are even opened up like kids play areas and things in the theater which is bizarre but you know just it's it's a challenging thing to take your kids to a movie and make them sit still and focus on something and not talk and not run around for a couple hours so to put a movie on at home and a movie that you know they're going to like and it's characters that they're fans of already then yeah it's it's kind of a home run yeah for sure as you said certain genres are better in the theater like talking about i i hesitate to say b movie talking about tremors because it's an a plus but um B-movie horror is sort of good in a, a kind of theatrical environment where people are being really yeah. loud and, and uh, raucous yeah. and interacting. But um, what is your favorite genre of film? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I think just based on what I kind of en- end up generally watching in the end of it all is, is science fiction. Because I think with science fiction, it's it seems to be, you know, limitless. Like you can take that, you can take it anywhere. You could... There's science fiction that tell very real, profound stories. There is some science fiction that's just like fun, like run and gun, you know, blowing up aliens science fiction. So and, I, and I've just, you know, there's such a wide variety of it. And there's so many amazing movies out there. I would say I would definitely lean towards the sci-fi. Like, you, have, his, you know, sci-fi can scare you. Sci-fi can make you laugh. It can wow you. And, you know, I, and I even think, too, like even the movies we've seen lately, a lot of there's a, I think science fiction is, I mean, with the popularity of, you know, the Comic-Con, the Comic-Cons and that genre and things like that, like the sci-fi era is uh, stronger than it's ever been. I definitely have to agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm showing uh, my partner my favorite movie of all time tonight, and that's Starship Troopers. There you go. Great you got, film. You got the practical effects. You've got the sci-fi. You've got the run and gun. You've got the satire. It's got everything. Do, do you have yeah, an off-the-top-of-your-head yeah. favorite film? Uh, I don't know. It's it's tough to break you know, to decide. But, I mean, recently I just went and watched uh, District 9, which, I mean, is uh, kind of, like, oddly fitting in, of the situation and, you know, as far as, like, quarantine and things like that. But, I mean, it's it's a great story to, you know, it's a it's kind of a, it's a commentary on, you know, refugees and what really happens and that this, and it's, but it's told through this idea of like an alien ship with like bug people that come to earth and, and how we treat those people, but yet they're, and they're different from humans. And it's just, and it, I, I think any science fiction film that you watch and you can relate that back to life and you can learn something from it and go, Oh, it's, it's like weird with it's bugs, but we do that in like real life with people. And that's, not cool like I, I think any any film like that is is awesome i think anytime you're seeing it for more than it is i mean like i mean in the same vein like films like chappie and uh it really you know that whole that whole uh, line of films for me it all comes back to uh Chalto copley there exactly he's the root of he's the root of it all but i think yeah, any good i mean there's two massive groups of or different sides of the sci-fi there's like the fun carefree and then there's you know, the sci-fi that you can kind of learn from and like you leave you leave the movie being like oh man i gotta like recycle more i need to 
and be nicer to people. I need to, you know, call a friend. And it's like, and then you, and you realize you just had this emotional experience, like watching a, like a, you know, 30 foot gorilla die on the, on the, on the screen. And you're like, wait, why am I crying right now? But like a sci-fi can, uh, can do a lot. I mean, I remember seeing the iron giant for the first time and it was a, an animated film, but that was a, you know, this kid in a robot and it was his best friend in the world. And you like felt, you really, you really feel, felt for it. And I mean, King Kong is the same thing at the end of the movie when King Kong spoiler, but uh, doesn't make it. It's like, you're, you're getting emotional and you're like, wait, is this a giant ape? And I'm sitting here like worried, worried for his well being. Like it's, it's a, it's a genre that kind of like totally messes with you, but it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to be manipulated by the, by the screen. Yeah. And it makes you just, you know, it opens up your imagination and you can, yeah, like I find they all often create really cool conversations too, because you like leave, you know, the movie being like, okay, so what if we had our own like Mars colony? Who would be, who would be what? What would we do first? How would like if I was Matt Damon and I was stuck, you know, on a planet? How would I survive? And like, what's your what's your strategy for the zombie apocalypse? Like, it, so yeah, sci-fi can uh, can create some fun uh, like coffee table talk. Absolutely. So we all know you as a as a film buff and on-screen personality. But uh, what else are you into? What do you do to pass the time? Yeah, I mean, uh, I continue to do the hosting stuff. And I mean, now through different different formats like, uh, you know, Instagram and social media and whatnot. But so I've been, I've been doing that. But I mean, uh, I'm also an, an actor and that's something I've been doing for years now. So, you know, especially, I mean, it's a little more difficult now, but, uh, you know, especially now more than ever, there's a lot of like self tapes and things being had. So eventually when, you know, productions go back. So I'm just actively, you know, working on that and uh, auditioning and getting out there and working on my craft, taking this time to, you know, I think it's a great time, especially, I mean, really for anybody, but especially if you're in, you know, the creative, you know, industry to really kind of stop for once because it's a hard industry to be in because it's moving so fast at all times, but it's a great time to just kind of have a time out and really like reflect and look on things and work on things. So, there's been a lot of that happening, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's tough because like some of my, a lot of my hobbies, like I I love to to travel and I love to you know do things like that that we we can't. So it's it's been a lot of building puzzles and uh, you know things things that are safe at home. I uh, a couple fans uh, sent me some messages after a tweet that I sent out about creating a merchandise line, and uh, within about a week we actually had a, a store open on T Public, so we we're. Uh, it's still open too. You know, raising money for uh, Sprint Senior Care and Your Life Counts. So if you want to purchase a a shirt or something like that, you can do that. Proceeds are going to two great causes. But yeah, I've been trying to keep as busy as I can and uh, keep my. You you can drop the uh drop the link. Yeah, it's uh, yeah it's on T Public. You can also check out my uh, Instagram. It'll be linked on my my profile or also my Facebook page. But uh, yeah, it's uh. You can, you can, uh, my, my parents have already ordered, uh, probably more than everybody, but, uh, <laughs> so it's a hard, it's a benchmark. Uh, it's hard. It's a hard uh, benchmark to pass, but, uh, yeah, check it out. It's a, it's a great cause, but just try to stay as busy as I can. Cause it's, it's tough. You kind of get sucked into the news and, you know, every morning we wait for Trudeau to address the country to find out what's going to happen next. And it's just, you know, keeping myself distracted, I think, and trying to stay positive, but also doing what I can to keep others distracted. So, you know, these Instagram lives have been great to, you know, take people's minds off of things for a few moments a day and, you know, ask questions to someone that they're a fan of and 
you know, we're, we're playing show and tell at the end of every interview. People are going through their house. Doug Jones was just on and he brought up, he literally dug through boxes and he, for the first time since he shot the movies, Doug Jones brought out his Ape Sapien gloves from Hellboy. Put I, them I was on hoping on you were going to say the, the Mac Tonight head. Oh, yeah. And then he brought <laughs> up the, well he, well, he also had the Silver Surfer mask from fantastic four that he kept and they were just they destroyed all of them on set and he and he kept one and he put it on on camera you can watch it on my instagram right now it's still yeah. up and it's amazing so like that was the first time he's put that mask on since they wrapped that film and then he had some other really cool stuff other props but yeah stuff like that is just it's awesome i'm having a great time and uh people are uh, are loving the the distraction well, thanks again so much for uh, coming and talking to me today. I'm glad we were able to find a time to do this. Well, thanks for having me. appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to plug before we wrap up? Yeah, I guess uh, people can follow me on uh, all social media platforms, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook. It's all under my name, Tanner Zipshin. I also have a YouTube channel where a lot of the Instagram Live interviews are going to go. Uh, if you missed them, so you can go back and, and watch some of the some of the favorites, as well as other original content that I've uh, put out, interviews people have never seen, behind the scenes stuff, bloopers, all that stuff. I've been you know, vlogs of my travel. If you ever want to know what it what it was like to, you know, travel somewhere on a day's notice and do like one interview in London, UK, and then jump on a plane and come right back within about 24 hours, you can watch the vlog and. <laughs> You get, you get a whole behind-the-scenes uh, look at it. And also, like, Comic-Cons and things like that, if you ever want to know what happens. Yeah, check out check out the channel. And then if you want to support, like I said, two great causes, uh, the Tee Public store is up. So you can find the links uh, on my social media or just search me on Tee Public and you'll, you'll find it there. Hey there, lovely listeners. I'm Talia Murdoch, and I'm here to tell you about my show, Everything Economics. Every week, I talk about the world around you, specific social and economic issues, and dive into how fantasy realms would work in real life. That's Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.